Thank you for listening to the Riverbend Church podcast. Riverbend Church exists to lead all people to know, love, and live new life in Jesus Christ. We hope that you enjoy this message. Never go back. It's the last week of this series. And I've so far been kind of walking you through this cycle uh, that, that we've called the self-inflicted pain cycle, or the SIP cycle. And so just because it's our last week, I wanna walk you through it one more time. And then I wanna give you a different view of freedom today, something the Lord's really been stirred in me the last couple of weeks here. But here's where the cycle always starts. So this self-inflicted pain cycle, it always starts in our mind. And that's what I wanna talk about today, the battle of the mind. But it always starts with believing a lie. What you believe about yourself could be what you were raised to believe, could be what somebody trying to tear you down told you and for some reason it just stuck. It's stuck in your head and in your heart and you know what, you believe a lie. Because what happens, anytime we believe a lie, we make destructive choices based on falsehood. So we make destructive, this is where pain in, in comes into our life. But then what usually happens internally, even if it's not externally, we hate ourselves for the choices we made. You ever hated yourself for a choice you made before? You probably felt this. Like, I, I, I believed something I shouldn't have believed. I did something I shouldn't have done, and now I feel terrible about it. That's another way to say it. Here's where we also usually get. I swear I'm never going to do that ever again. I swear I'm done with it. But guess what? If nothing changes, guess what? Nothing changes, right? And so there is a way to break the cycle. And that's what this series has been about, to say, Jesus, I'll never go back round and round and round stuck. I'm ready to break the cycle because of what Jesus has done the forgiveness and freedom and new life he offers. Here's the truth of the scripture, the truth of Christianity. You can be free. You can find freedom in him. We can surrender uh, and break the downward spiral in our lives, but it comes in two ways. It always begins in this first way, breaking the sip cycle. Here's what it looks like. First is belief. And you could say that everybody that got baptized this morning, there's been a place in time in their life where they believed in Jesus Christ. We have different words we use for this, like I got saved, or I came to know the Lord. You may hear that. Or I prayed the prayer to surrender my life to Jesus. However you articulate it, it, it was about that time where, the, you, where you put your faith in Jesus. And here's what the Bible teaches. Ephesians 1.13 says this, that whenever you believe, you receive the Holy Spirit. Literally, there's a life that comes to life inside you of God that's never been there before, not dwelling. And so you get a new heart through the Holy Spirit. That's a new work. So you don't earn this. You don't get good enough. You don't attend church enough. You simply believe wherever you are, Jesus, I believe you. That's the gospel. He loved you so much that anyone believed in him would not perish but have eternal life. But one of the things we, we want to do though is live in freedom. We don't wanna live in bondage. Jesus, my soul belongs to you, but I'm gonna live in bondage the rest of my life. No, new life is for now and in eternity. But here's how that happens. We have to be willing to obey the truth. See, until this happens, you can't really do this. You can try this, but it's just kind of self-help until that point. But Jesus, new heart through the Holy Spirit, then he gives you the ability to obey truth. And here's kind of how we've said that. Small acts of daily obedience. It's the little things where you go, God, I'm just gonna put one foot in front of the other and obey you. And here's what that brings. That brings new life in Jesus Christ. And so what I would uh, argue as we, as we wrap up this series is this. There's a wrestling match that goes on inside every believer. You could call it a boxing match inside of every single believer. Now, I brought my gloves. I hope nobody brought theirs because I ain't ready to duke it out with you quite yet. Wait till the end of service. But here's what's going on inside the heart and mind of every person. Every single one of us, we're either boxing ourselves mentally, 
We're fighting against God. You ever fought against God before? How'd that go? You know what I mean? Like you're just fighting. Maybe it's a physical fight in life. It's an addiction fight. Here's where it all is. It's in the mind. It's a battle. Am I good enough? Is my anxiety gonna take me out? I mean, you, you, all of the questions, here's what it looks like. It's literally in your mind's eye, there's a duking it out going on inside. And on the outside, we, we can maintain the straight face sometimes, but inside it's a wrestling of the heart. And this is what's going on. And so as I was reading, thinking about that, like I think people want to obey truth, especially when you realize I'm gonna miss God's best for my life unless I obey him. Unless I not only believe, but I, but I walk in it. But then the wrestling match seems to just continue. I wish that as soon as people said, Jesus, I surrender to you, that the wrestling match went away, the boxing match was gone, but it's not. You know why? Because the Bible says you still have a sin nature. And so I thought about it. There's Apostle Paul, one of the greatest, most godly men in scripture. Now he's also had a pretty, pretty crazy history of killing Christians before he became a Christian. He becomes a Christian and he talks about this very boxing match going on inside of your heart and mind. But he also leads us to freedom. It's one thing to describe it. It's another thing to tell you, how do I get free from it, Joe? Like, what does the Bible have to say? Well, Paul lays it out in a, in a, in a way that really we can put it in our boots and wear it out of here today. And so here's what he says, Romans chapter seven, verse 21. He says this, I have discovered this principle of life. Now, do you know what this means? that it applies to you whether you're a follower of Jesus Christ or whether you're not there yet. Some things in scripture apply to those who have followed Jesus Christ. Others apply, you know, more holistically. So he says the principle of life is something that applies to every person. When I wanna do what is right, I inevitably do what is wrong. You ever felt that before? You ever told yourself, I'm gonna do the right thing this week and this month, and then what happens? As soon as you promise yourself, I'm not gonna mess up. You ever went on a diet? And then you go like, I'm not, I'm not ever. That's probably one of the examples for me. Like I'm not eating cheesecake this week. And then somebody has cheesecake at the office and guess what? Boom, I just give up on the fight, you know? It's a re- but that's what's happening. I wanna do what's right in my mind. Listen, I've listened to all of your never go backs, but every time I leave and Monday morning hits, I feel like I'm back at the ring. It's like, why is it so hard, Joe? Like I, I wanna be a holy person. I wanna be God's man and God's woman. Like I want, but every time I walk out of here going, whoa, I can take hell with a water pistol. And then next day I wake up inside of me, there's this battle going on. You ever feeling that? You ever felt that before? I wanna do what is right. And Paul's saying this, inside his own mind, one of the godliest men who wrote most of the New Testament, he's saying inside my mind, there's a boxing match going on. I wanna do what's right, but I inevitably do what's wrong. Now here's what he says, I love God's law. That's kinda like saying, you know what? I I like God's word, I I wanna take it. I love God's law with all my heart. But there's another power within me, look at this. That power is at war with my mind. See, once Jesus sets you free, spiritually speaking, the devil can never have you back. He can never have your spirit, he can't have your eternity. But do you know where the war then takes place? It ensues in the mind. There's another power within me that is at war with my mind. This power makes me a slave to the sin that is still within me. So there's sin nature still within inside you. Look at verse 24 and here's what he says. Oh, what a miserable person I am. This is why so many people give up right before the breakthrough in their life, right before God does something big. It's because you're still in that battle and you're going, man, this is hard. Oh, what a miserable person I am. Literally, the, the old wording there is, what a wretched man am I? Who will free me from this life that is dominated by sin and death? C.S. Lewis said this, 
No man knows how bad he is until he has tried to be good. See, this cycle, I think every one of us before has tried to break out of it, but how could we say in 2022, I'll never go back? Well, you have to learn what scripture says. You have to know it. Then you gotta decide I'm gonna love it and then I'm gonna live it out. Know and love and live. But here's the thing. Until you know, sometimes it's just an ignorance thing. I didn't know the tools of weapons that God gave me to fight. See, here's the thing. So many times we say, I will never let this addiction come back over to my life. And I hope you mean it. And even physically, there's a lot of help in our world. It's, it's physical help. There's good things. There's doctors, there's counselors, there's books, there's things you can help yourself. But here's what I would argue. There's always a spiritual element to every battle. Everything going on in your mind, there's a spiritual element to it. So when we say, I won't cheat, I won't let addiction take over me, I won't lack integrity this time, the only way we can honestly say I'll never go back is to also lean in and say, and God, I wanna do things your way. And so Paul says, he describes that mat, that boxing match going on in your mind. He says, I'm miserable. I wanna do right, but I'm not doing right. And so he answers his own question here. He says, who will save me from this? He says, thank God, the answer is in Jesus Christ, our Lord. So you see how it is, in my mind, and there's that battle, in my mind, I really wanna obey God's law, but there's a battle going on, why? Because of my sinful nature, I still feel like I'm a slave to sin. And so the battle is in the mind. And so he gives all glory to Jesus right here for answering the question, is freedom possible? Yes, it's freedom in Jesus, but Whenever I hear that, like, hey, how can you be free? And somebody says, Jesus, you know what I automatically go to? That's lame answer. You're like, whoa, 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 I thought you're a pastor. But let's just be honest. Sometimes when you look at people and go, hey, it's just Jesus, he's the answer. It sounds really good. But do you know how difficult that is to actually help you live it out sometimes? I think well-meaning Christians use Christianese terms to people sometimes. We don't mean to. We'll go, hey, it's just all about Jesus. Well, well, yeah, that's true. But did you know the Bible is also very practical and Jesus was also very, he told you what to do with it. How do you get free? How do you live free? Well, yes, it's about surrendering to Jesus, but that sounds like what we used to call a Sunday school answer. If you grew up in Sunday school, what I mean is anytime the teacher asked a question, there were three answers that were always right. Jesus, prayer, and the Bible. If you answered any one of those three, you were right. It was like right answer. You could literally memorize those three. And it was like, you're so smart. No, I'm not. I just memorized three answers. But here's the thing. We established that the lie is the beginning of the cycle. Do you know where believing a lie takes place? Right here. That's where it takes place. So here, let me define really quick what the war of the mind is, because I think sometimes you gotta define the battle, this boxing match you're in. The war of the mind is this, I put this in your notes. It's between what I want to and I do. Between what I want to do and what I do. Again, it's back to me, I like food. So it's cheesecake, that's one of my downfalls. Or that Oreo cake from Dairy Queen, like I don't care how good things are going, like I'm eating some of that. I just love it too much. My want to and my do don't line up. Here's what I wanna look at you at, as a church and say, we're just getting into 2022 good and there's a lot of the year left ahead of us, a lot of room to run, a lot of, a lot of place for this to be the best year yet when it comes to your spiritual life. But here's the thing, you gotta decide if you wanna break the cycle, am I gonna allow my do line up with my want to? Because here's the truth, you've heard this before, but intentions don't count, actions do. Now, let me define real quick what I mean. Sometimes we intend to do something well and we try and then we just mess up. That's not what I'm talking about. 
I intended to do this right and I did something and I kind of messed up. That's not what I mean. What I mean is when all you ever do is intend to change. You know how many people as a pastor I hear uh, sometimes that, that say, you know what, man, I just got to get my life in order. Then pastor, I'm going to start coming to your church. Well, awesome. I don't, if you never come to my church, fine. I'd rather you just get right with the Lord now. Don't hold out. Because every single day we're reminded, like, I don't know how many more days I have and you don't either. And if this eternity thing is real and if this Jesus thing is real, which God has changed my life and I know he is, here's the thing. My intentions don't count. When it comes to inviting people to be a part and sharing your story, when it comes to taking that next step, whether it's baptism, whether you feel called to ministry, whether you know God's calling you to lean in and be a part of the church, whatever it may be, intentions don't count, actions do. When it comes to loving your neighbor as you love yourself, intentions don't count. You can have all the good intentions. Did you know that you can even pray? But James said this, faith without works is what? Dead. So therefore, if we really care, we gotta let our actions line up with our intentions. Our do and our want to have to line up. And so there's another way to think about it, like this, between heart and will. Between heart and will, what, I, what I'm feeling, God, I feel you, I feel great on Sunday, but then when I wake up on Monday morning or when I get out of here, like my willpower is just not there to do it. This is the truth why we must, or this is why we must act on truth and not just what we feel. I wanna share something with you, just vulnerable moment today. I got here to the church this morning and like I love Sundays. There was baptisms and I was so excited. But there was a moment I was sitting in my office today. It was literally like 4.55 a.m. I think only Ricky was here, me and Ricky. At least I hoped it was Ricky in here because if not, I was gonna be really scared for a minute. And so I'm sitting in my office and I can't explain it. What, what happened is like I was, I was fired up, ready to preach this message and bring the word. And all of a sudden I felt this overwhelming feeling come over me. Overwhelming like you can't do this. What good's God gonna do through you today? I mean, I'm just being really real. Like I felt this in that moment. I felt like, you know what? I'm just gonna call Courtney and call in sick. I'm gonna tell Ben or one of the other guys, hey, y'all preach today. All this is going through my mind. You know a lot can go through your mind in a few seconds, right? All this is going through my mind and all I can say is this spiritual attack over my life. I'm so excited about baptisms. I'm so excited about everything going on. And here's what the Lord spoke to me right there in that moment. Because I start praying, I'm like, God, what is going on? I'm sitting at my desk like, Lord, what's happening? And you know what the Lord kind of spoke to me? Sometimes you're gonna feel me. Other times you're gonna have to live on truth. You're just gonna have to act on the truth. And so you know what it led me to do? It led me to get in my prayer closet and just start seeking the Lord. God, I know you're with me. I know this is gonna be a powerful day. And so I just start crying out to God, God, will you do what only you can do? Here's what the Lord just kind of showed me. Even when I don't feel it, the Lord is still working. I need to speak that over somebody's life this morning. Even when you don't feel it, even when you're not sure where your heart is, even when you go, God, I don't feel you like I did yesterday or last week, or Lord is still working in your life. But there's a battle going on. Listen, there's a boxing match going on between your heart and your will. So there's something I need to say here, because I've seen this so many times. You can love someone and still make destructive choices that bring pain into their lives. Now you could argue like, how much do you love them? But do you know why? It's because of this wrestling match. If you don't get a grip to truly say, you know what, I'm ready to be free, you can say that I love you, but then at the same time, your heart can go, I love you, but then what you do doesn't align. Let me give you one more view of the war because here's what Paul says. He says, I'm a miserable person, no peace in my heart. The third one is this, there is a 
battle going on between misery and peace. I would say that this is the one that I believe makes the gospel very attractive in our culture today. Because we look around, we have everything. I'm not saying they're not people hurting and suffering and without. I'm just saying overall as a culture, we have a lot. And Jesus said this, it's very hard for a person who has everything, a rich man to go to heaven. The reason he said that is because we don't see a need for anything. But here's what we know. Deep inside, even when you have everything, there's a wrestling for peace. Money can't buy peace, can it? I mean, it may buy you a little time, may buy you a little comfort, satisfaction, but it can't buy that peace that the Spirit. What you feel across the room right now, that hush of peace, feel the Spirit, just the peace of God, just kind of rest all of a sudden. Just when you get aware of it, you go, Lord, I kind of feel the peace of the Lord. You can't buy that. I think that's what makes this gospel, the gospel of Jesus, so attractive as people live in misery on the inside. There's no peace, even though we have a lot. And so here's what, Paul, here's what Paul said. Oh, what a miserable person I am who will f- free me from the life dominated by sin. So let me ask you a question. Have you ever been spiritually exhausted? So you can go to bed at night when you're tired and you can get sleep and you can go again, but the kind of wrestling I'm talking about is spiritual. Maybe the war's going on and you go, I'm not even really sleeping that well. During the daytime, your mind's just battling against you constantly. You feel like it's a spiritual war. There's different seasons of that in our lives, but here's what I wanna tell you. This is the hope, because I wanna get to the answers here. You were not meant to live a spiritually exhausted life. You're not meant to do that. I'm not saying there's not, there's not seasons where it's just hard. Everybody goes through that. Paul was talking about this match. It sounded like at that point, he was about ready to just take the glove off, say, forget it, enemy, you win. I can't do this anymore. I'm too exhausted to fight anymore. I'm too exhausted to say I'll never go back. I've tried last time and I don't wanna try again. Well, here's, here's the encouragement from Paul that he's about to show us. You're not meant to live spiritually exhausted, even if you've been in the battle. But so many Jesus followers, I think, do live spiritually exhausted. I've watched over the years, especially if you've been around church or you had somebody in your life, maybe a parent or grandparent that was really involved, So much depends on this small little group of people that it burns people out sometimes, especially in our history when you look back. And that may even left a bad taste in your mouth where you watch people get burned out or feel like they were abused or or used by the church. I'm just gonna tell you, that's not God's way. He didn't make us to live completely burned out all the time. Because what'll happen is you get to the point where when you're exhausted, it begins to fuel your anxiety. It begins to fuel questions like, what's wrong with me? Am I not enough? Does God not see all my hard work and and what I'm doing right now? And so the answer is this, what Paul said. What's the answer? Who's gonna free me from this battle? He says, Jesus. The answer is Jesus Christ, our Lord. But here's what I wanna point out in the rest of the scripture today, because this is really where we're gonna dive in for a few minutes. If you really wanna find freedom, it begins with a mindset shift. When you wake up every day, when you go to bed at night, some things that you think, you put them intentionally on your mind. See, the only way to fight and win, God says you can win. He's giving this spirit inside of you. 
The only way you can put the gloves on in your mind though and win is to actually have the right mindset, scriptural mindset. What does God say? Not what do you think, not what has your past taught you. Those could be helpful, but what does God say about it? And so freedom begins with a mindset shift from the old life to the new life. And so one of my favorite verses, and I believe maybe one of the, the greatest pinnings that Paul ever wrote down is Romans 8. Well, look at this. He says this. So it's almost like there's this battle. I wanna do what's right and I can't do it. Who's gonna free me from the misery? Jesus, you can. But then it's like he takes a breath right here like, whew, exhausted. I feel like I'm in this battle. And then he puts this in there. He says, so now there's no condemnation for those who belong to Jesus. This is the verse that I think if I, uh, uh, for so many years, I thought about this verse on a daily basis. A lot of times it was my verse for the day. There's two things you have to understand if you wanna wrap your mind around this verse. All that wrestling going on inside. Why does it matter that Paul would like almost interject this? Okay, all this wrestling inside, Jesus can save me, but there's no condemnation in him. You gotta understand two things. What does condemnation mean? And how do you know you belong to Christ? So I wanna talk about the belonging first. There's no condemnation for those who belong. Do you know how you know if you belong to Christ or not? It's not some seminary degree that you need to get to know that. It's not belonging to the right denomination or reading from the right translation of the Bible. That has nothing to do. It's not even how you grew up. It's not where you're from. It's not the family you were raised in. That's not how you know if you belong to Christ. Do you know how you know if you belong to Christ? Have you believed in him? That solves something that people have really tried to figure out for all these years and it's divided people. It's divided families. It's divided churches over the years. How do you know if you belong to him? Well, scripturally, Anyone who believes belongs. So that first step, when I put my faith in Christ, guess what? You now have become a child of God. You belong to him. And so he said, if you belong, if you have believed, if you've submitted your life to the Lord, then you belong to him. I wonder how many people belong to Christ because you have truly believed, but you're still beating yourself up because you don't feel good enough. You're still beating yourself up because you have a past and it's like that guilt rises up. Listen, that can keep you in the cycle. That can keep you stuck in the cycle, all the shame and all the guilt. Or maybe you've been told lies about the gospel that you gotta work your way to heaven. I remember talking to Wade uh, a couple of weeks ago and, and he, he said one of the things that kind of ticked him off early on is like, you said it's not about what I do. Remember we said that? So you, you told me, I, you said, I got kind of ticked off at you because you said it's not about what you do. And I've been, you said you've been doing good things. You've been trying to be a good person, doing good things. When you said it was just about Jesus, but something clicked, man. Something clicked in its heart. It wasn't just about what you do. But I wonder about how many people, how many people belong to Christ, but you're still trying to work for it. Or maybe you don't truly believe in Jesus Christ because you're still trying to work your way towards him. Here's the apostle Paul to clarify you who belong to Christ, those who believe there's no condemnation in your life. And so, you know what condemnation is, this word? It's a courtroom word. And it means literally, I tried to study this out and look at the word. It literally means that you've had a guilty verdict pronounced over your life and that you've been sentenced to death for your crime. So to understand what the original word is, you are guilty and you're sentenced to the death penalty. That's kind of the weight that this word carries. And so here's what the no condemnation means. It means that you 
have been pronounced not guilty and you don't have to pay the death sentence. But here's the thing. How do we move from guilty to not guilty? If I know I'm guilty and I have sin in my life, well, we move there because we know that Jesus took our sin on himself on the cross. Paul's about to tell us that. You get a not guilty verdict because Jesus took your guilty verdict. So I wanna give you a mindset shift, about two or three of these that I think will help us in this battle. Here's the first one. You just kind of hear this over your mind. Jesus has declared me, and I wrote this first person for you. He's declared me not guilty. Jesus has declared me not guilty. So hear this over your life for just a moment. All the weight of your shame and past and guilt that you felt, the things that you just had to ignore, the regret you had to push under the rug because you didn't know what to do with it. Do you know how you found freedom from that? You hear the Lord speak not guilty over your life. God of heaven, who has every right to judge us, who is the only one that has the right to judge us, he looks at you and says not guilty. And so here's what I would say. You have to stop letting your sin nature that Paul talked about, that wrestling, stop letting your own mind and stop letting others put that verdict back on you. That's why we wake up so many days and we don't live for Christ because the enemy comes and our own flesh comes and says, you know what, you're really a scoundrel. You really are guilty. You know what you've done. You know what you've looked at. You know who you've hurt. You know who you've lied to. You know how you lived. And Jesus says, but you're not guilty. Now, there are consequences in life. I'm not saying that when he pronounced us not guilty, we don't have consequences in life, but eternity has been cleared. And even now we get new life. We can deal with even our earthly regrets with hope whenever you hear the Lord speak this over you. I don't judge, you're not guilty. I paid for that. You may have to walk through your consequences on earth, but you're not gonna be alone in it and you're not guilty. Now, Paul says you belong to him and therefore you're not condemned. But look at verse two. Because you belong to him, the power of the life-giving spirit has freed you from the power of sin. And so he says that there's a freedom act that's already happened here because you belong. When you believe, there's already a freedom that came inside. You just may not know it. You've already been freed from the power of sin that leads to death. And so if there's something that I think has been suppressed in the, in the church at large over the last many years, you could even say a couple decades, it's the power of the spirit that lives inside of the believer. Sometimes we don't experience things that we want to, like we, we want to have spiritual gifts or, or we pray that God would, you know, come and shake the place like he did in the book of Acts. And the truth is, I think we, we miss the power of the spirit because we try to control it. But here's the thing that has been suppressed, the truth of the power of the spirit that lives in you. Did you know that the enemy is scared of you because of the God that lives in you if you're a believer? Did you know that you have been set free and even when you mess up and even when you struggle, that freedom is still in you because the Spirit's in you? Ephesians 1.13 says, when you believe that he seals you, that means he puts the Spirit over your life never to remove it. He doesn't change his mind. He seals you with the power of the Holy Spirit. But that truth has been suppressed over the years. Try to live it in your own power, Joe. You can do this. Just read another book and get yourself to a seminar and just be a better leader. None of those things are bad, but here's the God honest truth. None of us can do the Christian life without the Holy Spirit. The power of the life-giving spirit, that's where the freedom comes from, inside out. Here's what he says. The spirit of God, look at this, a little bit later, verse 11. The spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead, it lives in you. 
So the power that raised Jesus up from the dead lives in you. Just as God raised Christ Jesus from the dead, he'll give life to your mortal bodies by the same spirit living within you. And so your sin nature and even Satan himself is no match for you if you're stuck in, the, in, the, in, the, in that cycle. Here's the mindset shift, though, that you have to kind of speak over yourself. The Holy Spirit has declared me no longer a slave to my sin. And this is an interesting thing because we have decided in our world which things God can free you from and which ones can't. Which ones he can't. What we'll say is, well, listen, it's just their genetics. They were born that, they don't have any hope. I mean, yeah, they can get God, but they can't really find freedom because we write it off to, well, they were born that way or they were nurtured that way. You don't know what they went through as a kid and they'll never be free. Or you know what? Every single one of us has some sort of desire that's contrary to God's word that's, that lives within us. And so what we'll say is, listen, it's just how I am. It's just how I, how I feel. Well, here's the thing. The Holy Spirit has said you're not a slave. So you know the only reason you would remain a slave because you want to be. I'm not saying it's a fight, not a fight, but I'm saying the Spirit says you are free. So let me speak this over to you. The addiction cannot hold you captive anymore in Christ. Not saying it's not a wrestling match. Not saying it's not an up and down battle going, God, I need your help. Lord, I'm gonna put the gloves on, Lord, because I gotta do battle with this thing. But I'm just telling you, the addiction can't. You may need to get physical help. We've talked about that. You may need counseling. You may need rehab. All those things are great. But here's the thing. When you do those things in the power of the life-giving spirit, watch out, life change is coming. There's stories in the room today where the Holy Spirit, also the person put the gloves on, said, Jesus, I want to do battle in the right way. And the addiction can't enslave me, can't steal any more time from my family. Did you know that your past cannot enslave you in the power of the spirit? no matter what you've been through. Did you know that your childhood can enslave you? Even your recent failures. Now, this is an interesting one. We all feel more forgiven for the things that are long ago, but can I give you a God perspective for a moment? The wicked thoughts that you may have had, the mistakes and the things you let fly out of your mouth, that unholy anger, flying out of your mouth, did you know that the very moment you turn to the Lord and say, God, will you forgive me? He forgives and moves on. We feel like there's gotta be a long season of paying for our sin. Sometimes the Lord just says, no, you're forgiven. Let's start over. Mercy, the Lord is new today. But even your recent failures can't hold you captive if you truly submit because you have the, uh, the, the freedom of the spirit. Now look at verse three. Paul explains. He said, the law of Moses was unable to save us because of the weakness of our sinful nature. You know what that means? You ever heard of these things called the 10 commandments in the Bible? That's kind of the table of contents for the law of Moses. The law of Moses was unable to save us because the weakness of our nature. What he's saying is, if we could be saved by being good people without the spirit, without Jesus saying not guilty of us, then we would have already been able to do it because we know how we're supposed to live. But he said we couldn't do it because we got this sin nature. So God did what the law couldn't do. He sent his own son in a body like we sinners have, that's Jesus. And in that body, God declared an end to sin's control over us. How did he do that? Well, first Jesus lived a sinless, perfect life. But he did that by giving Jesus as a sacrifice for our sins. He did this so that the just requirement of the law would be fully satisfied. Now, this is important to know. God is not lenient. He doesn't just look around and say, you know, I like you. You're a pretty good person. Eh, you got struggles. You... He doesn't go around the room. It may feel that way on our end. 
God is a just God, not a lenient God. Lenient would mean, you know, you've been pretty good, so I'm gonna be lenient to you. That's more karma, that's not gospel. So what this means that the just requirement of the law is satisfied, that means he couldn't just overlook your sin. He couldn't just say, you know, you're a pretty good person, so I'll let your mess ups go. Any one sin separates us from God forever. So when Jesus came, it restored the pathway. So the just requirement was you either gotta be perfect or you gotta sacrifice yourself. That's a just requirement. Well, Jesus stepped in and said, I'll take your place, ma'am. I'll take your place or I'll step in and take your place and I'll satisfy for those who no longer follow the sinful nature. Now, here's where it gets back into the shoes. Jesus did this for us, but he says, now you have to no longer follow the sinful nature, but instead follow who? The spirit, that spirit that's within you. Those who are dominated by the sinful nature think about sinful things. See the war of the mind here? Those who are controlled by the Holy Spirit think about things that please the Spirit. And here's how he wraps it up. So letting your sinful nature control your mind leads to death. But letting the Spirit control your mind leads to life and peace. And so you have two voices speaking to you. You may have more than that inside you. You got my past, I got my parents, I got another person in my life. But honestly, it boils down to two things. As a believer, there's the voice of God speaking and then there's other things comes down to the voice you listen to. Can I give you the mindset shift here? To believe this about yourself, that I can hear and follow the voice of the Spirit. And the reason I say this is, like, I'm honored that you, give, you come here and hang out with us for an hour on Sunday and worship, and, and you listen, and you're attentive. If you're tuning online, I'm, I'm honored that you take time to get this far. But here, here's what I need you to grasp. According to the Bible, you have the Spirit of God living in you, and you can hear from the Lord. You don't have to hear just from what the Lord told Joe this week. You can hear from God, and I want you to hear from God. Did you know that God wants to speak to you? He desires to. He desires it. But here's what we have to be willing to do to hear that voice. He said that our minds, if, if we, our minds are dominated by sin, then our life will be. If our mind is controlled by the Spirit, then our life will be. If you want to hear the voice of God, you gotta get into a place where you turn down that white noise long enough and low enough to be able to actually hear God. I think one of the, one of the most dangerous circumstances of our culture is that we never, ever, ever get still in our mind enough to hear the Lord. Now, some of you have this testimony. You didn't get still, so God got you still. He'll get you in a place like, I, I love you. I so desperately wanna speak to you, so... I'll get you still so you can hear. But hearing the voice of the Lord, he doesn't often shout. He speaks in a still, small voice, usually a prompting. Or you're reading the word. Or maybe a revelation. Maybe somebody else speaks it to you, but you just had to listen to what they were saying. But if you want to continue in, in this revival that we felt, the practical piece of it is, God, I got to learn to hear from you in my own life. There's so much more in this passage, but for time's sake this morning, I wanna wrap it up here. Look at the verse 14, what he says. All who are led by the spirit of God are children of God. And so here's a huge mindset shift for you this morning. I am a child of God. Some of you already believe that about yourself and you can say that and go, yep, I'm with you, Joe. Like I believe it. But you have to understand you have a loving father who accepts you just like you are 
who is proud to call you his son, who is proud to call you a daughter, who will never forsake you. Romans 8 says a little bit later that nothing can ever separate you from the love of God found in Christ Jesus. And so here's what I want you to do. I want you to listen to these freedom truths, these mindsets spoken over your life today as I walk back through them. If you're tuning in online today, I want you to, if you can, where you are, just kind of close your eyes for a minute. And let me speak these over your life. See, this is the mindset shift that as a believer in Jesus, or maybe somebody who's seeking Jesus, you have to be willing to take if you want to find freedom in the battle. Let me read these over your life. Listen, Jesus has declared you not guilty. I don't know what you carry today. I don't know what you're, you're scrolling and you're watching. I don't know what you're feeling inside when I talk about your past. Maybe it's the addiction, it's the divorce, it's the choices you made, it's the things you're coming out of. And I just wanna look at you today and say, in Jesus Christ, if you've surrendered to him, he has declared you not guilty. That self-inflicted pain cycle can't hold you captive. Your sin nature can't hold you captive. You know why? Because God has declared you not guilty. Hear that spoken over your life today. Here's another one. The Holy Spirit has declared you no longer a slave. What do you feel enslaved to? See, the things that guilt us and shame us are very closely connected to the things that enslave us. Because what enslaves us is what we give power over us. And so let me ask you a question. Do you have peace in your life? Or are you enslaved to something and you know I'll never be able to have peace because of what my mind's wrestling with and what my heart's wrestling with? I just wanna look at you and speak these words over you. The Holy Spirit of God says that you're not a slave. And if you've never received Jesus and never put your faith in him, then listen, you're missing out on the fact that you can be free from the inside out when you do because the Spirit says you're no longer a slave. Listen to this one. You can, as a believer and a child of God, you can hear and follow the voice of the Spirit in your life. You can hear and follow. Now listen to this one, the last one. I am a child of God. If you got brokenness in your family, if some of your shame and your regret and your past has to do with family, that you may not feel like anybody's child or worthy to be a child of God. But here's what he speaks over you. Because the cross of Jesus, he speaks this over you. You are a child of God. You are my child. But it all comes down to these things. Will you believe in Jesus? Will you surrender your life to him? And will you begin to act in daily obedience, listening to the voice of the Spirit in your life? See, inside of each one of us, both those that have surrendered to Christ and those that haven't yet, yeah, you know, there's a, there's, a, there's a boxing match going on inside right now. I want to do good, but I can't do it on my own. You may have even thought before, you know, I really want to be a godly person. I want to be, a, but I just can't do it. I got so much going in my mind. And inside your mind, you beat yourself up. You let the enemy beat you up. And so based on the word of God today, what I want to do is just, gives you a declaration of freedom reality that you have to take in. Listen, you can win. Here's the deal. It's a freedom reality. If you want to be free, stop throwing the fight. And what I mean by that, God has said that you are his child. God's already told you that you can be free. He's already told you you're no longer a slave. He's already told you you're not guilty. 
but both our sin nature inside our heart and mind and the enemy, he heaps it on you. And so we fight, we fight, and finally we you go, you know what, God? I just give up. I'm just gonna get out. And we kind of throw the fight. And the Lord said, no, 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 you can win. So here's my invitation today. If you're watching this online, wherever you are, will you just lean back in? I'm not saying it's gonna be easy. I'm not saying there's nothing on your part to do. But to break the cycle of self-inflicted pain and say, God, I never will go back, you're gonna have to lean back into the fight. And the first thing you have to fight is surrender. Because listen, it's an all-out battle in the heart and in the mind fighting against God. God, I don't wanna surrender. If I tell them that I need to surrender now, I've already done that before, then I'll be embarrassed. But the honest the Lord's truth is, what do you have to lose? You have everything to gain, freedom. So I wanna invite you today, right where you are. If you can, maybe even just raise your hands to the Lord and say, God, the first battle that I'm ready to lean back into is that battle where I've been fighting you when it comes to freedom and just say, Lord, I'll stop fighting you. God, have my heart, have my life, and just say this to the Lord, Jesus, I believe you today. I'm ready to surrender my life to you. But then the truth is, at daily obedience, you gotta put the gloves on. You know what, it's gonna be a battle in your mind. It's gonna be a battle against your past, but God says you can win, you're not guilty. You're no longer a slave. And so here's here's the crazy thing. When you put the gloves on in Jesus' name and you go, I can do battle, the truth is you walk into the you walk into the match knowing I can win. It's not by my own strength, but Lord, as I fight, I got the spirit inside me fighting. All hell, all things that rise against, all the, the brokenness of my past. I'm fighting. Lord, I can win. And so maybe you just need to have that proclamation over your life today to go, man, I can win in Jesus' name. You need to know this that you are loved. The people of Riverbend Church, we're here for you. We love you. And man, I just think as a pastor, as a friend, I think you can win because of what God says about you. You are a child. May you live and walk in that reality this week. God bless you. Thank you for listening to the Riverbend Church Podcast. Learn more about who we are as a church and how to connect. You can head over to our website, riverbendchurch.life.